Head coach Sean McDermott and general manager Brandon Bean both delivered their year-end press conferences, so I'm sharing my top takeaways today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. I want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate you all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Well, folks, Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott had very lengthy press conferences on Tuesday afternoon. Brandon Bean went for over an hour. Sean McDermott, probably 45 minutes. And so I'm going to take all that they shared and boil it down to one podcast episode for you here today and weave into their comments, my comments about what they said. And the whole thing here is we're trying to search for clues for where the leaders of this football team are wanting to take things, right? What nuggets of information do they give us about the direction of certain players and the team in general? And so I'm going to break this down into three different categories. We'll get into the general comments that they made. Then we'll talk about the offensive notes and the defensive notes. So I'm going to combine this all and, and try to try to make this very digestible for you as a listener. So I'll get into their comments a little bit, and I'll share some of my own thoughts about what they said and what it might mean for the coming months for the Buffalo Bills this offseason. We'll start with the general comments that they made. And Sean McDermott came out and said, look, this is not a strip it down situation and start over. He understands the success that they've had to this point and how they've gotten it. And what they need to do is to make tweaks along the way to help them become world champions. Brandon Bean was asked about the window, the Super Bowl window, and if it's closing or if it's closed for the Buffalo Bills. Brandon Bean said, the team is always changing and evolving with the draft and free agency. He's constantly changing the roster, said it's a quarterback-driven league, and I believe in the guy that we have under center. I don't subscribe to the window closing or it being closed. Every team is a new team. So very, very much off the bat here, you get the vibe from McDermott and Bean that we're not going to tear things down. We're going to try to add to what we have and rally and go try to compete again in 2024. So any thought that there's going to be drastic sweeping changes to this roster and stripping it down to the studs, that's not going to happen. Sean McDermott on his, on some, on the general status of the team moving forward, Sean said, I'm goal oriented. And the ultimate goal is to win a world championship says in no way will they be complacent on where they are. He's proud of the success that he's had but they're, they're not satisfied. He said, we're disappointed, but not broken. I think it's a good, I think it's a good spot to be. 
I think that's a good temperature to have about the team. You shouldn't you shouldn't diminish what's been accomplished here, four consecutive division titles, what like five, ten win seasons in a row, four years of at least one playoff win. There's a lot of good here, but there's nothing to be satisfied about it. You should be proud of that, but there's more to achieve, and it's nice to hear both Bean and McDermott make that pretty clear. Brandon Bean was asked if the team has plateaued, right? They've three straight years, a divisional round exit. Is this as good as they can be? This is what Brandon Bean said. He said, there's no perfect solution. We're going to keep working and learning and making decisions off of that. He talked a lot about the AFC landscape. He specifically mentioned the Ravens, Chiefs, and Bengals. And then he brought up the Dolphins as teams that aren't going away that are going to be problems, right, for the Bills. And he said, look, not everyone can make it. We're going to keep fighting, and we have to make the game-winning plays when it's gut check time. And that's something that came up with both McDermott and Bean. They both talked about making the game-winning plays and how it's you know it comes down to three, four, five plays every game. And uh, I can't remember which one it was. I think Brandon Bean actually mentioned, look, we didn't. Our biggest loss this season was by six points. We're in every game. I think the Bills have had two seasons in a row where their biggest loss was six points, right? They haven't, they haven't had a two-score loss in, in, in more than two seasons. And he talked about, you know, in those big moments, you have to be the team that makes the big plays. And too often, right, in these big moments, the other team is the one that makes the big plays. And that's a critical part of that, right? you got to be the team that makes the plays. But, yeah, they're close, right? I think that's a, I think that's a fair thing to say. I mean, they, they, the Bills had every chance to beat the Chiefs. Two years ago, they had every chance to beat the Chiefs, 13 seconds game. This gap isn't, it's not a chasm or anything like that, but they got to narrow it, and the way that they do it is just make the plays. Make the plays. And I think that was very indicative, or indicative. My wife always gets mad at me for saying indicative. I'm sure you are annoyed by that too. Indicative of what we saw against the Chiefs, where they're, Players, the Chiefs players, they made the catches down the stretch. They made the plays. The Bills, when they had a chance to make an explosive play down the field, they dropped it and couldn't finish. Brandon Bean on the salary cap, and obviously the Bills are going to have to do some things here to get cap compliant and create cap space. You know, they're pretty significantly over the cap entering the offseason, so there's going to be a lot of moves, restructures, and things that have to be done to clear the cap space to be able to function. And Brandon Bean said, we will work around it, and we're not planning to take a year off and just not be competitive. Will will we be younger in some areas? Yes. But I'm not laying my head down at night saying we don't have a shot next year. We have 10 draft picks. We need to hit on them. And we might need to rely on some younger players and be selective about one-year contracts to free agents. Yeah, I think that's what he has to do, right? Very similar type situation as last year where you – Find some bargain free agents to to piece together your roster. You hit on draft picks. And at the end of the day, you have to rely on some younger players. And that's what they did, right? They relied on a Terrell Bernard. They relied on a Spencer Brown. They relied on an Osiris Torrance. You know, maybe some guys that didn't have a ton of experience at CB2, you know, coming into the season with it being Christian Benford. James Cook is your lead back, right? That's what you're going to have to embrace, and I think that's good. A big theme of mine this offseason that I've already communicated multiple times in this podcast is the Bills do have to get younger and cheaper in some spots. And Brandon Bean understands that and made that pretty clear 
in his commentary on Tuesday afternoon. Sean McDermott on what has to happen versus Kansas City in the playoffs. Obviously, three of the last four years, the season was ended by the Chiefs in the playoffs. And I thought Sean McDermott had a good answer. He said, look, our first meeting wasn't close, referring to the 2020 AFC Championship game. And you knew then, it was easy to digest, that the Chiefs were just further along in their team building and or just a better team. But the, the next two games have, have been close. And Sean McDermott said that. Look, the next two games that were close, he sp- that speaks to the strides that they've made, but they have to find ways to make the game-winning plays. And Sean said it starts with the belief. You have to have a go-for-it mindset and a winner's mindset. And so there's that commentary about making the game-winning plays and Sean really emphasizing the, the, the mindset, the winner's mentality, and a go-for-it attitude. But I think he's right. I mean, look at that first 2020 AFC Championship game and compare it to 13 seconds and this past weekend, and the Bills had every opportunity to win the last two. They just have to make those game-winning plays. Sean McDermott was asked about the notion that he's a conservative coach, and that's just not true. And I'm glad that he answered it the way that he did. Sean said, I cut my teeth around Andy Reid, who is pass first, you throw to win. That has been my philosophy from day one, especially since Josh has grown into the quarterback that he has. If you think Sean McDermott's not an aggressive coach, then you're just not paying attention, or you're just being silly. You you think that because he's defensive-minded that he's not aggressive. There's literally ways that measure aggressiveness of coaches and Sean's always towards the top. Like his decision-making is very aggressive. It's a silly thought. It's it's a narrative that needs to die. I mean, seriously, that's just like, tell me you're not paying attention and you don't know what it means to be aggressive in football without telling me that you're not paying attention and you don't know what it means to be aggressive when it comes to football. If you tell me that Sean McDermott's a, a conservative coach, it's a silly, silly, silly mindset. And I'm glad that Sean McDermott answered the question the way that he did. Uh, Sean was asked about if he's going to be the defensive coordinator next year, and he was very quick to say, look, I'm not getting into staff moves, um, and so we don't know there. And obviously we saw some news on Tuesday that the Giants reached out to Bobby Babich, the Bills linebackers coach, for a defensive coordinator role interview. And I have a feeling if the Bills don't promote Bobby Babich to be the defensive coordinator, some other team is going to. And obviously – Sean McDermott will have to sort that out here very quickly. And then on special teams, uh, I think we can all recognize it was a a bad season for special teams. Sean McDermott said it was inconsistent overall, but then then said the thing I love about Coach Smiley, so if you think he's getting fired, he's not. The thing I love about Coach Smiley is that he did a good job of adjusting his units based on the roster changes that made certain players available or not available, right? The special teams typically has to – function based on you know who's available what the inactives are right that changes things on a weekly basis and Sean spoke to the adaptability of coach Smiley so the point that I'm trying to make here is that if you think he's going to fire coach Smiley I don't think it's going to happen I really don't so I think part of that process for Sean McDermott is evaluating why the special teams were inconsistent and asking yourself is the reason they were inconsistent coach Smiley because coach Smiley coached the number one special teams units in the NFL two seasons ago, right? So he's proven that he can get something done. And so were the reason you didn't have explosive returns with any consistency, the reason your kick coverage wasn't as good, the reason Sam Martin had a lull in the season, the reason Tyler Bass was down, is that Coach Smiley's fault? And if the answer to that is no, then I I feel like you probably should just continue with the guy that has 
already proven that he can coach the number one special teams unit in all of football. All right, so that's it for the general comments. We're going to get into the comments that both Bean and McDermott made about the offensive side of the football, including Joe Brady and his future as the Bills' offensive coordinator. So be sure to stick with me. But folks, you got to check out Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun, easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. The format is incredible. It's just you against the numbers. It's not you against thousands of other players, including pros and including sharks. It's just you against numbers. Here's what you do. You select two or more players. You pick more or less in their projected stats, and you place your entry. That's it. Doesn't take long. Picks can be made in under a minute. And then when you win, the withdrawals are super, super quick. I love all these sports on TV. Love them even more when I have a prize picks entry going into a slate of games. It just makes it that much more exciting. So go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKDOWNNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, folks, let's get into the offensive comments made by Bean and McDermott. We'll start with Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator. This is what Sean McDermott said. Joe did a really nice job coming in and building great communication and collaboration and vibe with Josh Allen. You saw the results of that. He talked about the importance of the buy-in from the quarterback as it relates to the offensive coordinator and did say it's his decision on who's going to be the offensive coordinator, and he respected Josh Allen's opinion And it does factor in, of course, Josh Allen coming out on Monday and endorsing Joe Brady to be the permanent offensive coordinator. Again, Joe Brady did get a head coaching interview already with the Atlanta Falcons. So I'm guessing if Joe Brady's not the Bills offensive coordinator, somebody's at least going to make them their offensive coordinator. Uh, Brandon Bean said, Joe Brady did a really good job. Have to go through that internally and we'll work through it. He said, it's not easy midseason to come in and tweak things and put your stamp on it. But he did say Brady deserves, uh, excuse me, Brady deserves serious consideration for the job. And so you hear both of them saying he did a really good job, really uh, complimentary of, of what he was able to do under the circumstances, acknowledging Josh Allen's, you know, preference for it to be Joe Brady. Bean saying he deserves serious consideration. I, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot pointing to Joe Brady getting this job. Now, I do think there should be a process here, and you should speak to some of the other candidates that you might be interested in, but I think your standard is Joe Brady, and you ask yourself, anybody that we speak to, we need to have convictions that they can be a better option than Joe Brady. This was not, this next thing's really important, and this is going to be a big part of what we talk about a lot on this podcast this offseason, and I've already kind of gotten into it a little bit. On explosive plays on offense, Sean McDermott said this. He said, we want to be efficient and explosive, but it's hard to be both. But he said that you need to be able to create explosive plays. That's part of us moving forward when we look at our roster and player acquisition. Got to be able to get some more explosive plays going, whether it's yards after catch, whether it's throws down the field, This team just didn't have enough explosive plays. In fact, I think they're 28th in the NFL in percentage of of offensive plays that were explosive plays. That has to, the Bills have to find some of those answers in this coming offseason. And it's great to hear that Sean McDermott recognizes that. Sean McDermott on the wide receiver room. He said the guys hung together. He said, did we have enough production? At times we did, 
at times we didn't. That speaks to inconsistency. I think that's absolutely true. You know, Sean McDermott's not going to say we were inconsistent and we have to be more consistent, right? He's going to package it a little bit differently. But Sean said that, and that's an indicator to me that he recognizes that we need more consistent options that can produce and not have any lulls. And those lulls were costly for this football team. On Stephon Diggs, Brandon Bean said he's the number one receiver. I firmly believe that. I'm not wavering. He did add that they need to put other wide receivers out there to help Diggs not see as much attention as he was at points this season. Sean McDermott had very similar comments about Stephon Diggs and uh, talking about their belief in him as a player, as a teammate. Didn't sound like there was any frustrations whatsoever about Stephon Diggs and obviously the production decline. And it feels like their answer to that is we need to be better around Stefan Diggs so that he's not as much of a an option that opponents can take away. I, I agree to that with that to an extent. I've obviously studied the All-22. There are certainly times where you watch opponents and they do give Diggs some extra attention. But like normal number one receiver attention, roll the safety that way, you know, shade the coverage that way. But it's not like it's not like they were like that committed to taking him away. And at, at times they weren't. Uh, at all, and there still wasn't production. So that that situation needs to be better. Diggs and Allen need to be a big part of the offensive production, and they got to – I think they do need to be better around Stefan Diggs, but I think Stefan Diggs himself also has to be better. On Gabe Davis, this is what uh, Sean – excuse me, Brandon Bean said. Bean on Gabe Davis called him a relentless worker almost too much. At times you have to tell him to get away. Said he deserves everything he's gotten. He believes in himself. He sees himself as someone who can do more. He wants the ball. Said Gabe's a good player, and he's earned the right to see where his market's at. Said we'd be a fool to not want him back, but it has to work for him and us. So we'll see on Gabe Davis. Um, Bean and McDermott have always had rave reviews for Gabe. I I wonder if there's a contract out there for Gabe Davis that the Bills won't want to deal with, right, If if he can go get a hefty price tag. I think other teams might pay him more than the Bills. So I, I have a hard time predicting what would happen here, but I would still let him walk. I would. I, I think that's I think when you re-sign Dawson Knox, and we can we can debate whether or not that was the right move. But when you re-signed Dawson Dawson Knox and gave him 14 million a season, you said no to Gabe Davis right then and there. And we'll see if I'm right about that. But I think there's going to be money out there for Gabe Davis that the Bills are not going to be willing to give him. Sean McDermott on James Cook. He said, James Cook has done a really good job from where he was at year one to year two. There's a big difference. He was very impressive. Is there room from growth? Yes. And I think he's primed to do that this offseason. You know, James Cook's going to be somebody that I have some honest conversations with you about this offseason. And we'll get to that. We'll get to a running back review here in the next week or so. And I really do like James Cook. And I think he should have an opportunity to be a catalyst for this offense. But he's got to get better too, right? Like the, the drops, this dude can't drop a touchdown pass every week. We can't wonder if he's going to run with physicality and pad level, you know, with consistency. I think the Bills need to make sure that they get themselves a 1B option that's meaningful, that can give them some downhill ability, right? I think there's more. James Cook should be a big part of this, but I'm not going into this like this is a Christian McCaffrey, you know, bell cow back. I want to have another guy back there that's reliable and dependable. Brandon Bean on Damian Harris and Naheem Hines, a couple of Bills running backs that got injured, and then we didn't really hear much on either situation. On Damian Harris, Brandon Bean came out and said, we felt it was 
best to shut him down after that neck injury. You know, both parties felt that way and did say that the expectation is that he'll be healthy for free agency, only a one-year deal for Damian Harris. And then Naheem Hines, who obviously tore his ACL in the offseason with the uh, jet ski incidents. Uh, Sean Mc, or excuse me, Brandon Bean said he's working on rehab. There's no timeline at this point, but he should be cleared by training camp. Couldn't confirm OTAs and did say that they viewed Naheem Hines as a part of the team moving forward. And of course, he's going to say that he's under contract for next season. But there is some flexibility with that contract. And I think that's something that the Bills will need to explore. So I don't know that they'd come out and release him, but maybe there's there's probably something that needs to happen there because his cap hit is too big for you know, a supporting cast type player, not a, not a focal point. So curious to see what they do there with Naheem Hines, but it's nice to get some type of commentary from Bean or McDermott on Damian Harris and Naheem Hines, who have been a couple of players that people have asked me a lot about, and I haven't had much to say. So that's the update on those two guys. All right, we'll get to the defense here in just a moment. Von Miller, plenty of commentary there. Trey White, Kyrie Elam. So be sure to stick with me. But folks, passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. Well, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back, because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. All right, let's get into the defensive comments from Bean and McDermott. Von Miller. Both of them had some things to say there. Sean McDermott on Von Miller returning to his normal production said that his best game came at the end of the season, said that his hope is that he is healthy at the beginning of next season and is ready to play his best football. You know, I think both these guys really talked about Von Miller and how hard he's worked to get back, but just never fully got all the way back and it was never fully clicking. I think the hope is that in 2024 that, he can be back all the way. And I know that there's some comments out there about cutting Von Miller or trading Von Miller. There's no opportunity to do that with his contract. There's a long list of players that I see that with. People talking about Dawson Knox, Von Miller, Tyler Bass, Trey White. There's no easy ways out of any of those contracts. So for all your cut this player, send them to the moon commentary, you got to look at the structure of the contract and understand that there's either paths to do that or there's paths to not do that. You're not going to pay a player more against the cap to not be on your team versus being on your team. There's just some there's some some information that's missing in, in some of these comments that I see. Uh, Bean on uh, Von Miller, Brandon Bean said, I think he was trending up. You saw that explosiveness start to come back. It's unfortunate that the guy was playing, that the guy that was playing a year ago before he got hurt, that's what you would have loved to have this year. He tried, but I do think he's trending up. Brandon Bean on Daquan Jones, uh, expiring contract in Daquan Jones. He said, Daquan Jones is a really good player and a really good leader. He makes others around him better. We would love to get him back. It's got to be fair to him and for us. We'd be foolish to not entertain bringing him back. So you, you feel like there's going to be a nice effort there to bring back Daquan Jones. 
the, the question's going to be, all right, is the contract that the Bills can pay him based on the dollars available, does that, does that work for Daquan Jones? You feel like as a native of Western New York, a Bills fan growing up, he's going to want to be there, but this is probably his last chance to really get some money. So we'll see what happens there. Um, I, I think that can go either way. On Tredavious White, Sean McDermott, Sean McDermott came in with some some caution on Tredavious White. He said, Tredavious White uh, is taking one things at a time out of respect to the player. We need to, 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 excuse me, Tredavious White says they're going to take things one day at a time and out of respect to the player, they want to see how he can help the team. He referenced that, the, he, that he had two serious knee injuries over the past three seasons. You know, and I think that Sean was like, hey, we love Trey White. He's working really hard, working as hard as he did to come back from the last injury. But we need we need to take this one day at a time and see. I thought I thought Brandon Bean came in with some good commentary here and said, we love Trey White. For us, our focus is getting him healthy to get back on the field. And we haven't gone down the road of asking ourselves who our starting cornerbacks are going to be next year. And so the Bills do have some interesting options there between Trey White, Rasul Douglas, and something will need to happen with Rasul Douglas's contract, but also Kyer Elam. We'll talk about Kyer Elam in the comments they made here on him in just a second, but yeah, they have some options. Christian Benford, of course, as well. So I don't know that they're going to force Trey White into it. Like he's got, he's going to have to be one of the top two corners. He's going to have to be a better option than one of at least Rasul Douglas, Christian Benford, and then even Kyer Elam factored into that mix. But there seemed to be, hey, we love Trey. We he, we got to get him healthy and see where he's at. On Terrell Bernard, Brandon Bean uh, really, really had a lot to say about Terrell Bernard a very glowing response and talking about his journey and, you know, even how it ended this season. He said he's he's going to come into a whole different place next year, referring to Terrell Bernard. He'll be the quarterback of our defense, and everybody knows that. And he talked about how different that was this year, where as a second-year player that had proven nothing in the NFL, had to come in and be the quarterback of the defense and play next to Matt Milano and look at Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde and say, this is how we're going to run this defense. This is this is how we're going to align. That's a big job. And the comfort that he should have stepping into that next year when everybody knows that he can do it and knows that he's a baller, it's going to be a lot different for him. He also talked about how hard Terrell Bernard tried to get himself ready to play on Sunday against Kansas City. And when the injury initially happened, he said the doctors told him he's not going to play against Kansas City. But Terrell Bernard all week long said, I'm playing. And he worked really hard to get himself ready to play. They said they worked him out on Saturday. And he pushed as hard as he could. And at the end, I think everybody just knew that he wasn't good to go. And when when he was told he was unable to play, Brandon Bean said, look, you could just see the tears start coming out of his eyes. He wanted it so badly. And and Bean even said, look, I started to tear up too. And made a comment that I think matters a lot. He talked about how some guys would make a business decision, right? Like what's best for me is to not push this ankle, just get healthy and not have any stumbling blocks to get ready for the off season. But Terrell Bernard wanted to play. And I think that says a lot about him and the, how competitive he is and the type of assets he's going to be for this football team moving forward. On Dorian Williams, uh, Brandon Bean made these comments. I think they're very good as well. Um, and and the, the, the question was framed about, you know, why didn't Dorian Williams get more opportunity to play? And he said, he really talked about Terrell Bernard during the rookie year 
with that one game that Matt Milano missed against the Jets and Terrell Bernard had to step in and, and be the, the weak side linebacker next to Tremaine Edmonds. And Terrell told Brandon Bean, you know, during the offseason, he says, like, I just, I wasn't really ready to go. It was, it was hard for him to step in and play that day. And Brandon Bean kind of applied that into Dorian Williams and said, look, he's a fast, explosive player, but he's still learning the nuances of the defense. And if he's still learning, he can't play fast. And he talked about the journey that they went on with Dorian Williams and how they gave them him that initial chance to play Mike linebacker. And then by August, they said, let's cut this in half. Let's have him focus only playing on the outside. So there was less on his plate. So the guy was learning the defense. And going from Tulane to the Bills is a big jump. And so I think it really came down to they had him trained at weak side linebacker. Terrell Dotson proved to be the better option. And when the opportunity kind of came to put him at Mike against Kansas City, that didn't make a lot of sense because he didn't know the defense, right? And so I think there's an exciting development that's going to happen with Dorian Williams. I'm interested what his path is to the field, right? If you have Terrell Bernard and Matt Milano locked in as your starters, like how does Dorian Williams fit into that? You know, sometimes these things just take care of themselves. But, you know, you saw the growth of Terrell Bernard year one to year two. I mean. I talked a lot about that Jets game, and I said, look, I don't think he can play. I don't think he can leverage anything, He and I, we, we talked about that. And that was probably short-sighted commentary for me, not being mindful of that being his first start and that you got to learn and grow and all that type of stuff. And that happened with Terrell Bernard, and hopefully it can happen with Dorian Williams. Sean McDermott was asked about Jordan Poyer and, and Micah Hyde, and he, he gave a very long, glowing response. And I'm not going to get into all of it, but it certainly felt like a tribute, right? Like, uh, talking about how like one last time against the Chiefs on Sunday, it was the defense's turn for the starters to be announced. And he knew that it was one more time for Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer to be announced together and take the field. And it very much felt like a a tribute, right? Micah Hyde expiring contract. Poyer does have one year left on his deal, but the Bills do have a pretty clear path to get out of that. And and maybe Poyer's back, but I don't think they both are. And uh, it was kind of cool to, to listen to Sean McDermott really rave about those two dudes and, how big of a part of the success the Bills have had is really due to those two safeties. On Kyer Elam, Sean McDermott said, he flashed and made special special plays here and there, but they wonder if he can do that on a more consistent basis. He said, overall, he needs to continue to up his game, and we'll see how he factors in moving forward. Pretty straightforward. They're not happy with where he's at. Like they don't They don't think that he's ready to be a consistent player for this defense, and so... We'll see how that changes uh, in year three for Kyer Elam. And Brandon Bean said, look, guys develop at different paces. And he talked about how the foot deal bothered him more than he led on early in the season. And so this guy's trying to compete for a job and he's got a nagging foot injury and is not able to play his best football. And he didn't tell anybody about it. So more weird dynamics for Kyer Elam, but obviously the team has put him on notice and they expect a whole lot more out of him if he's going to be a regular fixture for this defense. Lastly, on Tyler Bass, and both Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean were pretty straightforward here. They're both confident in Tyler, Sean McDermott said, but there are kicks that we need him to make. Uh, But he said he sees how hard he works and believes that he'll do whatever is necessary to correct the issues down the stretch. But a lot of of, uh, confidence in just affirming their belief in Tyler Bass throughout their commentary and their year-end press conferences. And I know that people are very disappointed in Tyler Bass. I am too. 
Very disappointed. I've said that very clearly on this podcast all season long, especially the last couple of weeks. But let's remember that he's a human being, and it's never one play. It's never one play. So if you want to be disrespectful and rude to Tyler Bass, I would say that's very ignorant and extremely rude, right? Like, yeah, I want him to make the field goal. But some of the some of the things that have come out about him having to delete his social media, death threats, all that, because he missed a field goal in a football game, we got to be better than that. And so, yeah, Tyler Bass does have to be better. And he did cost this team. There's no question. But let's remember that he's a human being. And just because he missed a kick and your favorite team wasn't able to move on, there's there's bigger things in life, and he doesn't deserve to be treated like I've seen him treated out there. So he's got to be better, though. He's got to be better. All right, folks, there you have it. Year-end press conferences, Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, over an hour and a half of press conferences kind of boiled down here into about 30 minutes uh, with some commentary added in by myself. It sets uh, sets us up for the next part of our off-season conversations where we start to really evaluate and project and talk about where this team needs to get better, how they need to get better. And it's nice to be able to hear from Bean and McDermott at this point to help us set that tone. So plenty of conversations left to come. Make sure you don't miss anything. Hit that subscribe button. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills, and look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.